This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. When your personal investments need help to reach your retirement dreams and navigating the complex world of financial planning requires an experienced manager, that's when you know you're ready for primetime. Welcome to Primetime Money on Zoomer Radio with Richard Infantino, Senior Wealth Advisor at RBC Dominion Securities. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Canada's only money show dedicated to those of you 50 plus and your overall investment tax and estate planning and your direct link to all of North America's top money managers with the best ideas on how you can grow your money. And that's not just talk, folks. All these people that we've been having on the show are top um, investment analysts from across North America. You can hear them on all of the top news networks uh, on, an, on a weekly basis. So first up that we have today is uh, Tej Rai. He's an asset allocation specialist, and he's a data scientist, and he's also a senior vice president at IA Clarington. He's going to talk about asset allocation, which is really important in today's market. And Eric Nuttall, he's one of Canada's top energy portfolio managers. He writes regularly for the Globe Mail. He's on BNN, CNBC. Eric's going to share some of the ideas that we can actually make some money on today. But first, we have a very special virtual workshop coming up, and it's next week on Wednesday, and that's um, May the 25th. It's going to be at 11 a.m., and we're going to go over the outlook for where you should have your money invested in this choppy and very unnerving markets. And we have some exciting opportunities there. Um, and we have some, you know, areas that you should be avoiding at this time. So both sides, you have to know what we should be getting out of and what you should be getting into in this kind of a market because things have changed here dramatically. And again, we have another top person coming out to speak at uh, that particular uh, workshop that we're doing. And his name's Rob Taylor. He's also a regular on BNN. And he's a senior vice president and chief investment officer at Canoe Financial. So we're very lucky to have Rob come out and present for us. He's going to give us his best ideas on North American equities. And I'm going to go over the uh, RBC Global Asset Management, the views of inflation, uh, interest rates, and why that we think that the second half of this year it could produce some positive returns for your investments. Of course, on Primetime Money, there's no cost to attend. All you have to do is register with Dominique, and she'll send you the access to get onto the uh, WebEx. You can call her now or after the show. It's one 891-2637. That's 1-866-891-2637 for our virtual workshop. And this is one that you don't want to miss because we have a great guest and all kinds of great information for you to where you should be investing, where you should be focusing, and where you should be getting out of in today's kind of marketplace. So mark it down in your calendar now. Wednesday, May 25th, it's 11 a.m. And all you have to do is call Dominique, one 891 2637 and she will send you and she'll give you an email to uh, get registered. And again, there's no cost. Okay, stay right there. We have a specialist in asset allocation joining us next. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. How important is your overall asset allocation when you're in the middle of fighting inflation, you have rising rates, and potentially a recession on the horizon? We have asset allocation specialist Tej Ray with us. He's with IA Clarington Management, and he's going to talk about that. Good morning, Tej. Thanks for joining us. I know you have a disclaimer there that you need to read. You go ahead and start that. Uh, Thanks, Richard. So listen, the disclaimer is as such. This is sponsored in part by IA Clarington Investments. The information provided herein does not constitute financial, tax, or legal advice. Statements by the portfolio manager represents their professional opinion, 
do not necessarily reflect the views of IA Clarington and should not be relied upon for any other purpose. Information presented should not be considered a recommendation to buy or sell a particular security. Commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, brokerage fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments, including investments in exchange-traded series of mutual funds. Please read the prospectus before investing. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. IA Clarington and the IA Clarington logo and IA Wealth and the IA Wealth logo are trademarks of Industrial Alliance Insurance and Financial Services, Inc., and are used under a license. Excellent. Now, I know that uh, Tej, you're leading asset allocation. Uh, you're leading the asset allocation effort there at IA uh, Investment Management, uh, and it's a it's a, an arm of IA Financial Group, an insurance company founded and based in uh, Quebec City. Tell us a lo- little bit more about uh, IA IAM. Sure, Richard. So, listen, IA IAM is part of IA Financial Group. Now, IA Financial Group is one of Canada's oldest and largest financial services firms. The firm was founded in 1892. It's headquartered in Quebec with operations throughout Canada and the U.S., and the firm itself manages over $200 billion in AUM and AUA, serving more than 4 million clients. IAIM is the investment management arm of IA Financial Group. It's one of Canada's largest asset managers. We oversee $100 billion across a range of retail and institutional mandates, and we have expertise in asset allocation, diversified, fixed income, equity, and alternative mandates. Now, what's unique, Richard, about IAIM is a couple things. We bring institutional-style investing to the retail audience, and we do this by relying on a human-plus-machine approach, which is an optimized blend of expert judgment and cutting-edge analytics and quantitative tools. Interesting. And, um, you know, the reason that we wanted to have you come on, uh, Tej, is that I know that, that IAIM, that you're following a human-plus-machine approach, and you're going to be bringing uh, institutional-style investing to retail portfolios. Can you elaborate a bit more about this concept and why you think it's uh, something that's going to be of interest to investors? Absolutely, Richard. And listen, I'll use an analogy to explain this. You know, I recently moved to Canada from the U.S., and I was in the market for a car. Uh, and when I looked at the landscape for, for cars and the market for cars, I realized a couple of things that had parallels to investing. The first is that, you know, all cars do the job. They get me from point A to point B, which is the point of a car. But some brands, some cars do just do better on a couple of key metrics that matter to me, fuel-efficient performance and safety and comfort. And if you make that parallel, investors care about these things too. They want strong risk-adjusted returns because it translates to high terminal wealth, strong performance, in other words, and strong risk management because it results in capital preservation and a smoother ride along the way. And so whether I look at best-in-class portfolios or best-in-class cars, there's a couple of common points, right? The human front and center. We're not at the point yet where things are left completely to the machine, to the computers, because driving on crowded roads or equivalently investing in changing environments requires so much judgment, interpretation, and expertise. But increasingly, right, the human is aided by a sophisticated use of real-time data processed by state-of-the-art technology. Mm-hmm. You've got features in your car like cruise control, adaptive driving that improve performance, modules like collision detection, blind spot monitoring that enhance the safety of the ride. There's stuff in my car I don't even know about that's going on behind the scenes that's helping me as a driver. And so, listen, if I'm the driver, right, that's experienced, I'm seasoned, I'm a portfolio manager, I've got two hands on the wheel at all times, and I'm responsible for the outcome, these features, or equivalently in investment speak, models, factors, data, analytics that are built into the car, built into the portfolios, they're constantly scanning the ever-changing world, looking for opportunities, looking for risks, and ultimately helping the portfolio manager, the driver, make better, 
safer and more deliberate investment decisions. Yeah, I know that. Listen, sorry. You, and it's gotten, I'll just say one more thing. It's gotten to the point where at this point, unless you're into the venture segment of the car market, who's even buying a car without the latest tech, technological advances? And we believe that that's true for investors and portfolios. That's what we're doing at IAM. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's really interesting. You know, I, I don't know how I uh, used to back up before without the, you know, the assistance of the car. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly the point we're trying to make. That, that technology helps that, but you're still in charge of the car. Yeah. And that's human plus machine in a nutshell. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, you know, 2022 so far has been, you know, difficult for stocks and bonds. It, it, you know, again, um, we, we had you on here, Tej, because you're an asset allocation specialist. And particularly, bonds are not hedging stocks as they normally yeah. do in uh, risk-off uh, episodes like we're in now. So what are you, what, are, what is you and your asset allocation team's thoughts on the action of the markets? And how are you guys going to proceed forward? Absolutely. It's a great question. You know, 2022 is an interesting environment. We're seeing inflation that we haven't seen on a sustained basis in 40 years. Central banks are therefore getting aggressive in their commitment to price stability. And we're seeing a rapid repricing, a rapid change of the environment in the bond market, which is having knock-on effects to equities. You're getting steep declines in stock and bond markets simultaneously. And I think what's surprising people, Richard, isn't just that the losses are coming in both asset classes at the same time. But the steepness and the speed of the losses right. is, I think, something that investors are not used to. And so I think that's a big deal here. And there's a lesson to be learned here. The lesson here is that markets are incredibly dynamic. The relationship between stocks and bonds is fluid. People are used to the, the, the zigging and the zagging, the negative correlation, the hedging. But typically that happens when there's a shock to the markets that affects equities negatively that doesn't affect bonds. Think war. Think a pandemic. Think, think poor earnings. These are all things that are the stock market's problem that people rush to bonds for safety. Inflation, however, is the one thing that negatively affects stocks and bonds. We're seeing that play out. And so what does that mean for asset allocation? It means staying nimble, staying dynamic to mitigate the effects of inflation on both stocks and bonds. And in some select cases, maybe even adding value. Active management is important here. So you would say then, you know, um, asset allocation you know, when you do an asset allocation and people like yourself that, that, that manage like that, like you have to protect your portfolios against this inflation. Like, what, what kinds of things do you do that to, to help the portfolio? Yeah, yeah. yeah, so things that protect the inflation, you know, in this environment, we want to we go long or overweight things that are either insensitive to inflation or things that benefit from things that cause inflation. Okay. Commodities, for example, is a great example of an asset class that's often overlooked by investors but has very good properties in this kind of environment. And there's many ways to get access to commodities. You can buy directly. For example, we have the ability to buy a little bit of gold here and there in our portfolios. You can overweight baskets of firms that produce and export commodities. Or we can even be long countries that have a commodity, a strong commodity economy like Canada, like Australia. In fact, one of the big overweights that we have relative in the equity space on a relative basis is to overweight Canada relative to the rest of the world because of the commodity story that is dominant these days and that acts as a hedge against, against inflation on a relative basis. Yeah. Um, now, you've just launched a, um, a fund called the Global Risk Managed Income Fund. Give us an example of, right. uh, you know, just give us a quick overview. We have about a minute left about, you know, what you're doing there with that product. Absolutely. So, so the GRMI fund, the Global Risk Managed Income Fund, is a fund that we launched recently to address some challenges investors are facing as they near retirement or in retirement. You're looking at higher life expectancy, lower or negative growth rates in assets, and financial shocks. And so we've designed this portfolio for three things. It's designed for investors that first and foremost want protection against large market drawdowns. 
when you're in the decumulation phase of your cycle, you know, you want to protect capital. And first and foremost, this, this, this fund protects capital relative to its competitors. The second feature is it provides consistent yield or income. And the third feature is that it, in doing the first two things, downside protection and income, it doesn't completely give up some potential for capital growth. It's, it allows you to participate a little bit in upside when it happens. And so those three things put together in a package are what, what the GRMI portfolio is. It's intended to be a core allocation for investors who want to balance downside protection, generate income without completely giving up capital appreciation. Um, now, that fund, again, for the listeners, it's, it's a global fund, right, Tash? That's right. Okay, so it's, it's global. global fund in the global neutral balance category. And, right. and it pays, does it pay a, a regular distribution? It does pay a regular distribution fee. Depending on the series that you're in, it pays anywhere between 4 and 5% annually, paid okay. monthly, I believe. Oh, that's excellent, uh, Tash. Great to have you on the show, Tej. I enjoyed our conversation. Hopefully, we can get you back on here again soon. That would be my pleasure, Richard. Thanks for having me, and appreciate the time. All right. You take care. You said Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, that was Tej Rai. He's the Senior Vice President at IA Clarington. And we have all the information on that particular fund. It's called the Global Risk Managed Income Fund. It's going to be on our website, primetimemoney.ca. You just go there. Then go across the top, and you'll see the tabs. And go to the tab that says In the Money. And we'll have all the details on the fund there for you to uh, review. Okay, stay right there. We have one of Canada's top energy portfolio managers, Eric Nuttall. You've heard him on DNN, CNBC. He's going to be joining us about what's happening there with the energy sector, where the great opportunities are, and uh, how you can participate. You're listening to Richard Infantino, and this is Primetime Money. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Richard Infantino on Primetime Money. The one area of our portfolios that's holding us up is the energy market. The big thing is, connect, continue, and where are the best opportunities today? Well, joining us is one of Canada's leading energy managers. His name is Eric Nuttall, and he's a portfolio manager with Nine Point Partners. Good morning, Eric. Thanks for joining us again here on the show. Yeah, happy to be with you. Yeah, it's great to have you because, you know, the one area of our, you know, portfolios that's holding up is the energy market, of course. But one of the big questions, you know, I'm getting from, from my clients is, you know, what's, you know, the impact of the Russian invasion on oil? Is, is that the whole reason why it's moving? And once, if the invasion's over, it's going to stop? Like, could you explain all that? Yes, yeah, it's a good question to ask because I, I think that uh, situation is distorting the market's view of why oil has been uh, strong, at least up until recently. I would say there's zero political risk premium in the oil price uh, right now. Uh, when we look at global inventories worldwide, they've been collapsing at the fastest pace in history because of an imbalance between supply and demand. And we've yet to really see the true impact of sanctions on Russian exports hit inventory levels. They're just starting. And so I don't think there's anything baked into the oil price for it. And what I don't think people fully appreciate is the real impact on the energy market uh, in terms of what's happened in Ukraine is not like short-term sanctions. What it's going to result in is Russia essentially becoming a prior state to foreign oil companies, foreign service companies, all of whom have walked, have taken billion-dollar write-downs. And so we see Russia, which used to be the second-largest oil exporter in the world, being starved of both capital and technical services resulting in a decline in productive capacity for years to come. And to me, that's the real story. I don't think people are there yet. They'll realize that at, at some point. So I think you know, oil is up solely on this structural imbalance between supply and demand. 
and the impact of Russia is yet to really have an impact on that. Oh, excellent. Um, the other big question I get, and um, you know, when clients come in and they're, we're talking about, oh, what happens to oil if you know we go into the uh, recession? Yeah, it's it's another good good question. I'm going to be writing a financial post column on that topic this weekend. Okay. When you look at historically. Periods of negative demand growth are extremely rare. You'd have to go to, you know, obviously COVID, uh, the financial crisis, the U.S. oil embargo, recession of 79 to 81, etc. It's very rare. Could we see a moderation in the growth rate? Yes. And in fact, that's the inevitability of what we think is going to happen in the next five to six years, because that's required to restore an imbalance where supply cannot grow due to structural challenges. When we look at the market today, I would estimate that it's roughly 2 million barrels per day uh, undersupplied. Russia, we're going to be falling by another million, 2 million barrels over time. And so we've got a very big buffer. Historically, a 1% change in GDP means about a 0.5% change in oil consumption. So if we're 4 million barrels undersupplied between structured deficit and Russia, that would mean you'd need GDP to collapse by 8% globally in order for the market to reach balance, which that would be like a cataclysmic you know, result. Yeah. So I think, you know, will the growth rate in oil moderate? Absolutely. Is the market going to remain undersupplied? Yes. And so you can have high oil prices amidst a recession, especially given the backdrop that we have today. Yeah, for sure. Um, another thing that I wanted to, to know about here on the show again is... Um, you know, like just the energy stocks have sold out, a, sold off a bit here. Given the current valuations that are out there, is it still, you know, I've, I've read your stuff and it's still a generational opportunity? I can buy energy stocks today that have 30 to 35 years of reserves and at an oil price, $5 lower than current. So let's use $100 oil. They're trading at three times their enterprise value to their cash flow. And so you can take 35 years of reserves. I'm only paying for three of them. So I'm getting 32 years of reserves there for production, there for free cash, so for free. And those stocks are trading at 25 to 30% free cash deal. So what that means is I'm getting 32 years of a 30% dividend yield or buyback combination thereof, some returns back to shareholders for absolutely nothing. And so why is that? It's because of lingering energy ignorance, this mistaken belief that, you know, we're to the end is nigh, we're peaking for demand, we're all going to drive electric cars, and we don't need the stuff, and therefore, why put a value on it? I've, I've never seen stocks as cheap as they are today, not having to use a forecast, but using a discount to the current price. And so I think energy investors are getting free optionality on my bullish thesis, and that is we're an unstructured bull market. It's going to last at least five to six years, and I still, still see very, very meaningful upside in energy stocks, especially after the sell-off in recent days, which has nothing to do with oil, nothing to do with energy, has everything about liquid, liquidity needs, margin calls from, you know, these meme stocks that have no underlying businesses just evaporating. But, so it's, we've been collateral damage this week. This too shall pass. The free cash flow is real that's hitting the bank accounts of these, these companies, and they're finally giving it back to us meaningfully. Um, okay, just to finish up then, um, I know on this show quite a bit we, we talk about income, quite a few of the uh, listeners are interested in income, and I know that there's opportunity to get you know some great income with the energy sector. And you have a you have a, a new ETF and new fund that that you have out. Tell everybody about that one. Yeah, we launched an income fund 
about a month and a half ago. It sits at about 140 million today. And the goal is to take advantage of the egregious free cash levels being generated by the sector by companies that are now saying you're going to get most of it, if not all. And so the strategy is to buy companies that have variable dividend schemes. So at $100 oil, we've got many holdings that we estimate are going to be paying us 9 to 10% dividend yields. But then the real money is on the calls. So because the volatility is so massive, we are selling other people the right to buy our stocks from us at a higher price than today, and they're paying us massive premiums for that. So today, on average, we're selling people the right to buy our holdings 12% higher a month from now, and they're paying us 18% annualized. And so when I look at it, if I can, if, if I can keep that going, I'm making 18% from writing calls, the portfolio yields about six and a half. So we're looking at about a 24% potential dividend yield on the fund. Now, I need to cut back the calls because I don't know how often we can do that. I think no, no fewer than half. So anyways, we, we think it's an incredibly awesome environment to extract a whole bunch of yields. The fund currently pays 5%. There'll be a true up by the end of the year, more likely on a quarterly basis between what we're achieving, which we're extremely happy with, versus the 5%. And so investors will get paid, you know, what we've been um, very, very successful doing so far. It just, we, had a, we had a model. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to be good. Honestly, I didn't know it was going to be this good. And so we're, we're extremely happy with how, how well it's going so far. What's the, what's the name of the fund again? And I think there's an ETF symbol too. So it's the Nine Point Energy Income Fund. Okay. And the ETF is, uh, the, the ticker is NRGI. Yeah, that's great. Thanks again. I know you're really busy in this market. Um, Eric, thanks again for taking the time to join us here today. You bet. Happy to spend the time with you. All right. You take care. Okay. That was Eric Nuttall. He's a partner and a senior portfolio manager at Nine Point Partners. And the uh, information for Eric's fund, again, you're going to go to primetimemoney.ca then go to the section called In the Money, and we'll have um, the information posted there for you on the, all the details on the fund that he manages there. And this one... He manages two funds, but the, this particular one that he was talking about, the income fund, is uh, going to be in the, in the money section. That's the place where you always want to go to find out the information from our, our guest uh, speakers. And remember, commissions, trailing commissions, management fees, and expenses all may be associated with mutual fund investments. The distributions are not guaranteed, and they may fluctuate. Please read the prospectus before you invest. Mutual funds are not guaranteed. Their values change frequently, and past performance may not be repeated. This show is sponsored in part by Nine Point Partners. Wow, that went by fast. You know, when you have two great guests like that, it's easy to, uh, you know, run a little bit along there. And again, next week, we're going to have two more great guests. Greg Taylor from Purpose Investments and Jennifer Stevenson from Dynamic will be joining us. Remember, follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And our podcasts are on Apple Music and Spotify. See you next week, folks. I'm Richard Infantino, and you're listening to Primetime Money. The strategies and advice during primetime money are provided for general guidance. Listeners should consult their own investment advisor when planning to implement a strategy. Interest rates, market conditions, special offers, tax rulings, and other investment factors are subject to change. Richard Infantino is an investment advisor with RBC Dominion Securities, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.